Imagine a business built on what matters most to you. One inspired by creativity and connection, where purpose leads to profit and wealth is measured not just by your bottom line, but by your higher self. Welcome to the Work Your Inner Wisdom podcast, where we connect the spiritual with the practical to create a holistic approach to entrepreneurship. Leave the hustle behind and let your intuition lead the way as you grow a successful, fulfilling business and a joyful, radiant life. Hello, my wise ones, and welcome back to another episode of the Work Your Inner Wisdom podcast. I'm your host, Lee Shea McDonough, and I am so honored to have you join me for another episode of the show. Today's episode is a special one because I'm going to be honest with you, I'm going totally off script for it. So when I started thinking about starting the Work Your Inner Wisdom podcast, I came up with a content calendar. So something that would guide me through the first 10 to 12 episodes of the show. And then I had a conversation with someone and a topic came up and immediately I thought to myself, oh my, this 100% needs to be an episode in the podcast. So I'm going a little off script. I'm going off calendar to bring you an episode that I think holds great importance for spiritual entrepreneurs. Because so far, we've talked a lot about spirituality and energy and how that informs our work. But I also want to dive into the actual processes in our business that support success. And for entrepreneurs, that is content creation. And so creating new content, whether paid or free, is vitally important to building our business. So how can we approach content creation through the lens of spiritual entrepreneurship? That's what I want to talk to you about today. So that's why today's episode is called Content Creation as Spiritual Connection. I'm super excited to start the dialogue today, and I hope we can continue it over at the Work Your Inner Wisdom Facebook community. I am so interested to hear what you all think about this topic. And I actually have a Work Your Inner Wisdom listener to thank for the inspiration for today's podcast episode. So a few weeks ago, I had a conversation with this person, and she had been referred to me by a mutual friend of ours who knew that she was interested in writing a book. And our friend said, oh my gosh, you have to talk to Lee. She just wrote her book last year, and she published it this year. I'm sure that she'll have some guidance for you. And so yes, we spent most of the conversation talking about what you need to know and what you need to do to write a book. Everything from creating your own processes, setting aside writing time, working with the developmental editor, all of the nuts and bolts, all of the logistics of writing a book. And all of that is important, but it was really the last five minutes of our conversation that I feel was the true gem of the conversation, because that's where we moved away from doing a book and into being an author and what it takes energetically to write a book. And I was saying things to her that I knew were true, and I know on some level that I've always known them. And yet, as the words were coming out of my mouth, I thought to myself, you've never said this before, Lee. This is an entirely new concept for you. Pay attention. And so I did. And the minute I hung up the phone, I jotted down a few notes because I knew this was really important and that I wanted to share it with you. So again, I'm so excited that you're here today. I want to thank Jessica, my listener, for being the inspiration behind this podcast, and I hope that you in particular find this episode helpful. So let me start with how I define content and content creation. So when I talk about content, I mean everything and anything that you are creating through your business 
to serve your audience. And so I am making that definition intentionally broad. I see it including the paid offers that we make available to our clients. So our programs, our courses, our webinars, our books. I also include the free content that we're creating. So whether you're a blogger and you're writing blog posts, whether you're like me and you're a podcaster creating podcast episodes, maybe you're creating videos, maybe it just comes down to writing that email to your list. But everything that you are creating for them for free still has great value. And so that's part of your content arsenal. And then in addition to both the paid and the free content, I also want you to consider your marketing materials as content as well. I think this is particularly important for spiritual entrepreneurs who view marketing as a way of serving their people, that we are going to show up and serve them so powerfully before they are even our clients. That's a part of our marketing strategy. And so the content that we create for our marketing, whether it's our website, whether it's Facebook or Instagram posts, perhaps it's the email nurture sequences that we have once someone signs up for our lists, right down to our sales pages. All of the content in all of those things, yes, it's marketing, but if we are wise, we are also structuring that content in a way that serves our audience. And so all three of those things, your paid offers, your free offers, and your marketing, in my mind, that falls under the umbrella of content creation. So content is anything that you provide that has an increased value to your audience. It's what helps us build the KLT factor or no like trust. Because for someone to engage with you, first they need to know you, then they need to like you, and finally they need to trust you. And so the content that you create is the anchor point for enhancing that KLT factor. And that's why creating consistent content is so important because it's how we connect with our audience. It's how we grow our community and it's how we build our business. So our marketing materials introduce us to people so that they get to know us. Our free content continues the relationship so that people start to like us and then they start to trust us because they're seeing results simply from the free content we're providing. So they know that if there's this much value to free content, imagine what the paid content must be like. And so then we are really gaining their trust so that they will be more likely to invest with us in a paid capacity. And that's what leads to not only revenue, but also loyal customers. So content is truly the backbone of any successful entrepreneurial venture. And while I agree that content is critically important, there is a shadow side when we place this much importance on something in our business. The shadow side is often pressure. So the higher importance something holds, the higher the possibility of feeling a lot of pressure to do it and to do it well. And I know that's definitely something that I felt in my business. I always felt like I had to create something brand new that it had to be mind-blowing. I was putting so much pressure on myself to show up for my community and give them something that would just transform their lives radically and also prove that I knew what I was doing and that they should want to work with me. So that high pressure coupled with that proving energy was absolutely draining. And as a result, I found myself not really interested in creating a lot of new content. It was something I knew I should be doing And yet I would procrastinate, I would get stuck, and I was very inconsistent in creating content. 
maybe I had a goal of posting a new blog article weekly. And if I was lucky, it would come out monthly. And that was so frustrating because I loved writing and I knew I was a good writer. And I felt so stuck around creating new content for my blog. So my blogging was sporadic, the free opt-ins, so the things that you create so that people will sign up for your email list. My opt-ins were disjointed. I mean, long story short, I was getting in my own way because I was putting so much pressure on myself to create new content. So I want to share that with you first off to let you know that if you feel that way about content creation, you're not alone. A lot of us feel pressured, we feel burned out, and we have this complicated relationship with the idea of creating content. We know it's something that we should be doing, and yet many of us have been postponing or procrastinating. If that's you, I want you to know that you're not alone, and that hopefully after this episode, you will be viewing content creation in an entirely different way, and it's going to revitalize you and re-energize you to get out there and create content for your business in a way that serves both you and your clients. So I'd like to use the process of writing my book as an example of content creation that didn't work, and then this new way of approaching content creation that works beautifully for me and that I truly hope works beautifully for you as well. I started writing Act on Your Business in January of 2018, and that first month was fantastic. Things were still new. They were exciting. I was hitting all of my word count goals. And before I knew it, at the end of the month, I had almost 15,000 words written for a book that I thought would be somewhere between 50 and 60,000 words. So here I am, the end of month one, I already have about 25% of my rough draft done, and I am feeling great. And then one morning, I sat down, and I couldn't write. No words were coming. And on this first day, I wasn't too worried. I knew, you know, sometimes we have days like that. And so I gave myself permission to give myself a day off and try again the next day. And when I tried again the next day, I still had no words. And the day after that, I had no words. And then I really started getting in my own head. And before I knew it, I had a full-blown case of writer's block. And that was a very uncomfortable position for me to be in. I could not understand for the life of me why I wasn't writing. I had an outline. I knew what I wanted to talk about. And yet I was stuck. I was absolutely paralyzed. And I talk about this in the book, this process that I went through. Um, but honestly, for a month, I just avoided my book. I avoided sitting down to write because I was scared and confused and I felt really alone. And in the book, I talk about what happened to bring me back to writing. And I call it the miracle of Teen Titans Go. So I don't know if any of you watch Cartoon Network or maybe if some of you have children who do, but there is this animated show on the Cartoon Network called Teen Titans Go. And it's a really funny show. It's one of those shows that I actually find myself enjoying when I'm watching along with my kids. It's witty. There are some jokes in there for the adults as well as for the kids. And so one morning as I was getting ready, my kids had Teen Titans Go on. And so I wasn't really listening. I was kind of focusing on, you know, doing my hair and putting on my makeup and, you know, worrying about how I was not writing this book. And then all of a sudden, I heard one of the characters from Teen Titans Go say, just because you're scared doesn't mean you're not strong. And I remember it was like, 
a record scratch moment. I stopped everything that I was doing and I repeated that to myself. Just because you're scared doesn't mean you're not strong. And it was like the light bulb moment. It was the message from the universe I needed to hear to get me back to the book that I could be scared, that I could have the sense that I had no idea what I was doing and who am I to write a book and who's going to read this and who is this going to help. I could have all of those thoughts. I could feel scared and I could sit down and write a book anyway. Because just because you're scared doesn't mean you're not strong. And that is what returned me to the book. But what I didn't write about in the book, the second part of the miracle of Teen Titans Go, was that I sat down and I asked the book, what do you want? What do you want to be? Because up until this point, I had been the one in control. I created the outline. I knew what the book was going to be about. I was doing the writing. And then all of a sudden I hit a point where it wasn't about what I thought or what I could do anymore. I was stuck. And I realized that I had not involved the book in the process of creation. And it was only when I connected to the spirit of the book that I was able to start writing again. And this is kind of the magic turning point for me. I began to treat my book as its own being, as something that already existed in the universe. And my job was not to create something new, but merely to tap into its energy and translate it into written form. And so when I, and once I approached my book from this perspective, everything changed. I realized that my book had its own spirit, its own energy, and its own message. And so the moment that I began to treat it, not like something that I alone was creating, but that like it was already out there in an energetic state and it simply needed me to help it come into this world in written form, then it became a partnership. Then it was almost as if we were co-creating this book together. I started to trust that the book would tell me what it needed. And that's exactly what happened. I, I had an outline and so I could write to topic. But I also knew that if I was feeling stuck, if I was feeling uncertain, that I could pause and I could turn to the book and ask it, what do you need right now? What do you want to be? And by quieting myself down and connecting with the soul of the book, it would help provide me direction. And that was a two-way street. Not only would the book tell me what it needed, but I would tell the book what I needed too. So for example... In the month of May 2018, I needed to take a break. And it wasn't because I was stuck or because I had writer's block, but it was simply because things were really taking off in my business. And I had a very, very full month planned. I was traveling, I had multiple speaking engagements, and I knew that for the month of May, other aspects of my business required my full attention. And so I was able to have a conversation with the book and say, you are important to me and I care too much about you to give you less than my full self. And there are other elements of my business that are requiring my attention this month. And so we need to press pause until I can return with my full attention. And my book understood. It respected that and it said, I'm here and I'm waiting for you. And it was almost as if not only I was giving myself permission to focus on other things in May, but the book was giving me permission as well. And then when I returned in June, I was able to finish it 
and get that first draft done and off to my editor so that I had a finished first draft six months after I started, which was a little longer than I had hoped for. But again, with one month of writer's block and then one month of consciously choosing to take some time away from the book, I was pretty happy with that. And the book was too. And that process taught me two very important things about not just writing a book, but about creating content. So the first was just how much of a delicate balance there is between following a plan and responding in the moment. So in the writing community, there's this kind of known thing that you're either a plotter or a pantser. You either plot everything out and you're very systematic in your writing approach, or you're a pantser. You go by the seat of your pants without much of an outline or a plan. Now, of course, that's really more of a spectrum as opposed to being either or. But I think it's pretty fair to say that I am more of a plotter. I like to have my to-do lists. I like to have my outlines. And I find it really helpful to have that kind of guidance when I'm writing. And so I had a very detailed outline, which was extraordinarily helpful until it wasn't. Until I hit those moments where I would just look at the blank page and think, what? I don't even know how to write this. I don't even, I mean, I know what my outline says, but what am I going to do? And it was those moments where I had to reconnect with the source of the book. And I had to give myself permission to move between my outline and between the magic of creating some space for the unknown to happen, the things that I couldn't have possibly planned out in my outline. And that story that I just told you about the miracle of Teen Titans Go, that made it into the book. And I assure you that was not on the outline. That came from one of those moments of asking the book, what do you need? And it's saying, I need you to be honest, and I need you to share your experience with the reader. So it's wonderful to have an outline to provide some guidance. But if you are going to co-create with the energy of your content, then you have to be willing to allow room for the unplanned, the unexpected, and for the magic. So that was one thing. And then the second thing I realized is just as with every relationship, sometimes you need a little space. And one of my favorite quotes about relationships comes from Kalal Gibran, and it's, let there be spaces in your togetherness. So a healthy relationship is one where we can come together as partners, as co-equals, but we also recognize when we need space, when we need to be on our own. And that was absolutely what I found in writing the book, that we had this partnership, we had a really good thing going. And when we were in a state of flow, it was beautiful. But there were times, for example, the entire month of May, where I needed a little space. And I had to communicate that to the book. I had to communicate it to my partner so that we would both be on the same page. Because back in February of 2018, when I had writer's block, and I was treating writing, and I was treating my book as a problem, you could argue that that damaged my relationship with the spirit of the book. And that was very different. Then three months later in May, when I had a conversation with the book and let it know that I would be taking a break because I could not give it my full attention and it was on board with me. So again, if we treat the content we are creating like a co-equal partner and we communicate with it, we ask for what we need, we give it what it needs, then we are creating a harmonious relationship and that will be reflected in our content. So as I finished the first draft and then the second draft and then each subsequent draft, and there were a lot of drafts, that's part of writing a book. But what was so extraordinary was that what had previously only existed energetically 
began to come to life in this world in the form of a book. And so it transformed itself into the written word, but it always maintained its energy. And I continued to tap into its energy throughout the entire process of revising it, of publishing it, and of marketing it. So my book helped me select my beta readers. It told me who it wanted to share itself with early on before I was, you know, ready to share it with the world. I wanted to share it with a handful of people that I knew would provide insight and guidance about what the book wanted to be. And so the book helped me select my beta readers. And it also helped me make a very important decision about publication. Initially, I was planning on publishing my book in December of 2018. And I had created a launch plan. I had everything good to go. And yet something was holding me back. I just kept thinking, "Mm, this doesn't feel right. I don't know what's going on. My intuition was saying, "Mm, this isn't the right time, Lee. And so I checked in with the book and I asked the book, what do you want? And it made itself very clear that it was not yet ready to be born, that December was not the right month for it. And that February was going to be a much better time for it to enter the world. And so I made the conscious decision to postpone publication for two months, in part because I was trusting my own inner wisdom, and also because I was connecting with the energy of the book, and it confirmed that it wasn't quite ready to be in the world. And in hindsight, I see why. The way my launch plan evolved and what I was able to accomplish in February and March probably would not have been possible in December because of the holidays and of some other issues that came up. And so I have no regrets about postponing my publication date. And that's in large part because it was a mutual decision. It was coming from me, but it was also coming from the book. And even now, the book is published, it's out there, and we will still have conversations about what it wants. Does it want me to start doing Facebook ads to share it with the world? Does it want to be center stage at the next talk that I give? So I believe that as a form of content, it has its own life and its own energy, and it deserves to be respected. And it deserves to have a voice in its own destiny as well. And even now, it lets me know what it wants. For example... It wanted to sponsor the Make It Work moment for my podcast. So those of you who have listened before, you know how at the end of every episode, we have a Make It Work moment. It's brought to you by my book, Act On Your Business. And that is a decision that we made in partnership. It feels really strongly about wanting to be a primary source of translating thought into action. And that's what the Make It Work moment is all about. And so it absolutely wanted to be a part of sponsoring the Make It Work moment. So again, I think it is so extraordinarily helpful to view content as something separate from ourselves. Not only does it take the pressure off, but it also gives us another energetic source to tap into when we need inspiration, when we need guidance. And again, it is honoring the soul of whatever it is we are creating. And this is not a new concept, y'all. I did not create this. I want to be really clear that I do not own this idea that the things that we create existed before we created them, that energetically they were already in being. Our role was simply to translate them into a new form. You know, I think about the artist Michelangelo, and there's two quotes that are commonly attributed to him that I think really get at the heart of this idea 
that what we create has an energetic essence. So he talks about how every block of stone has a statue inside it, and it is the task of the sculptor to discover it. So again, he is honoring the fact that his creation already exists. And as a sculptor, it's his job to tap into it energetically and reveal it. And he addressed that concept again when he said, I saw the angel in the marble and carved until I set him free. So again, the, his art already existed in an energetic space. And his job was to partner with that energy to translate it into a different form. In his case, sculpture or painting. And in my case with my book, writing. Those of you who have read Big Magic by Liz Gilbert are probably thinking, yes, yeah, she kind of talked about this too, when she talked about, you know, the seed of a story or an idea and how you can work on it for a while, but if you don't give it the attention it needs, it will move on to someone else. And she has an incredible story in the book about her and Ann Patchett and a story idea. So if you have not yet read Big Magic, I cannot recommend it highly enough. Um, I'll make sure that we have a link in the show notes to it, but it is a wonderful book about creativity and passion. So definitely check out Liz Gilbert, but she definitely has that mindset as well, that our work exists outside of us, that we are absolutely crucial to the process of bringing it into form here in this energetic plane. But that doesn't mean that we are responsible for creating it on our own. Those of you who are familiar with quantum physics are probably resonating with this as well. And this is a field of study that I am just starting to get into. I've read a few books about it just in the last couple months. I find it absolutely fascinating. And as I build my own familiarity with it, it's definitely something that I will bring more into the podcast. But when we look at quantum physics, the fundamental belief is that everything is energy. Every single thing on this earth, everything in the universe is made up of energy. And so when we are able to connect with the energetic field, then we can create anything and everything into existence. This is really at the heart of manifestation. When we want to manifest something, we are simply connecting with the energy of what it is we want to see in the world. We believe that in essence, it already exists. So it's not about creating a million dollars or creating a successful business. It's about recognizing that the energy of that desire already exists. And our job is to connect with it in an energetic way so that we can bring it forth into the world. That is what we do when we manifest. That's why it's so critically important to be super clear about what it is we want to have that visual image in our minds, on our vision board, whatever works for you, because that vision helps us tap into that energy. And that is part of the process of bringing it into life. But that's not all of the process. And that's where I think some people uh, get a little sidetracked. And maybe that's something for a future podcast episode. What does it mean to manifest what you want? It absolutely starts with being clear on your desire and visualizing what you want, but we cannot stop there. We then have to take the actions necessary to bring it into this world, to help it transform from energy into physical matter, whatever that looks like. 
So maybe we'll talk about that more in a future episode. But for now, what I want you to realize is that the soul of your content is energetically alive. It already exists. So anytime you sit down to create something for your business, whether it's a blog post or a video, whether it is a free opt-in for your email list, whether it is a six-month group coaching program, that already exists energetically. So there's nothing brand new for you to create. And in fact, the first step is to connect energetically with it so that you can begin the conversation and start to explore how it wants to come forth in this world. So how reassuring is that? You are never, ever alone when it comes to creating content. You always have a partner, and that partner is the very thing that you are helping bring forth into this world. So your primary job is to align yourself energetically with the entity that wants to come forth and then engage in partnership. And how do you do that? Well, that's what today's Make It Work moment is all about. So as you know, the Make It Work moment is brought to you by my book, Act on Your Business, Braving the Storms of Entrepreneurship and Creating Success Through Meaning, Mindset, and Mindfulness. If you haven't already picked up a copy of Act on Your Business, I hope you do. You can find out more about it at its website, actonyourbusiness.com, or you can head straight over to Amazon, search for Act on Your Business, and get your copy in paperback or Kindle. So for today's Make It Work moment, let's talk about what it looks like to connect energetically with the content that you wish to co-create. So step one is to connect to source. And I want you to think about the most effective strategy for you to connect with that greater power outside of yourself. For some of us, that may look like meditation. For others, that may look like taking a walk in nature. Some of us will journal or use prayer. Perhaps you may go to the tarot or to oracle cards. There is no wrong way to connect to source, but there are likely one or two best ways for you to connect to source. So this is absolutely something that you can play around with and see what works best for you. But the first step is to ground yourself and connect to source energy. And once you've done that, then step two is to connect to your inner wisdom, to connect to your intuition. And I do that by inviting my intuition to come forth. So from a place of energetic connection to source energy, that's why I say intuition, I call on you to support me as I move forward. And so again, I treat it as a part of me, but something separate that I am communing with, that I am calling forth to join me in this conversation. So step one, I've connected to source. Step two, I've connected to my inner wisdom. And now at step three, it's time to connect with my content. And so I start by recognizing it, welcoming it. And then I will generally either ask a question or make a declaration depending on where I am in the process. So let's say I know I want to create something, but I'm not even really sure what it is. I don't know. Am I looking at a blog post? Am I looking at a podcast episode? Could this be a program? What wants to be? Well, in that case, I will ask that question and I will ask it, who are you? 
what wants to move from the energetic plane into this reality? How can I serve you? Other times I will have an idea of what it is that I want to create or co-create. And so this is simply a matter of inviting it to the conversation. And so perhaps I will say something like, I call forth the spirit of my next podcast episode. And I'll be honest with you, that is precisely what I did when I was preparing for today's episode. Um, you know, I'd had this inspirational conversation. I knew I wanted to talk about content creation as spiritual connection, but I didn't exactly know what that was going to look like or how it would evolve. And so when I sat down to prepare the outline for today's episode, I connected to source, I connected to my inner wisdom. And then step three was to call forth the energy behind this podcast episode and request that it support me in my endeavor to tell its story. So that worked beautifully. And within an hour, I had the outline for this podcast episode. But sometimes it takes more than one experience to fully create your content. Sometimes maybe it's a long form article or it's a book or it's a program that you're working on. And so you'll be returning to it again and again and again. And so if what you want to do is continue the conversation, then again, we start by connecting to source. We then move into our inner wisdom. And then we request in step three that the energy of this content return to us. And so I will call it forth and then ask, what do you need from me today? What action can I take that will align us energetically and prepare me to share your story? So depending on whether I don't know what I want to create or whether I'm ready to do it now, or if I'm simply continuing the conversation, there's different ways that I can call forth the energy of my content. But that is a very important step to connect spiritually with your content. You have to bring it in to this conversation. So I want you to imagine that there's almost a triangle and at the top of the triangle, at the top of the pyramid is source energy and radiating down from it is you on one side and your content on the other, and you are connected to each other and you are both connected to source energy. And so it is this beautiful pyramid of energy. It's the three of you working in harmony, source energy, the energy of your content and your energy. And together you are creating the space to bring forth something new into your world. And to do that, the final step is to actually listen to your content and listen for the answer. And that answer may come forth in different ways. Perhaps you will get a flash of insight, maybe an image or a phrase will come into your mind. Sometimes though, I find that it takes a little bit of time and I am receiving messages from outside me. So maybe I will see a billboard or I will hear a song. Something will happen and I will know that the seed of the answer is in that message. So I will encourage you to pay very close attention to your environment and to listen for the answer. So that's it. That is my simple four-step process for spiritually connecting with my content. Step one is connecting to source. Step two is connecting to my intuition. Step three is then connecting with my content. So we're creating that energetic pyramid. And then step four is to listen for the answer that comes from source and from my content. So what I'm going to do, because this is such a special process, is that I am going to create a guided meditation for you about how to connect to your content. And you will be able to find that in the wisdom library. 
So if you head over to workyourinnerwisdom.com slash free, you can sign up for the Wisdom Library. And when you do, you are going to find a brand new guided meditation that will walk you step-by-step through this process. So I hope today's episode has shifted your viewpoint when it comes to creating content. I know it has for me. There is so much here to dive into. So you can check out the show notes at workyourinnerwisdom.com slash seven. That's workyourinnerwisdom.com slash the number seven. And those show notes are so full of valuable content. This is not just bullet points, people. You are going to get a play-by-play breakdown of everything that we talked about in today's episode so that you can have something to reference moving forward. So did you enjoy today's episode? I really hope you did. And I would love to hear your thoughts about it over in the Work Your Inner Wisdom Facebook community. So if you head to facebook.com slash groups slash Work Your Inner Wisdom, you are going to find a community of other spiritual entrepreneurs who are building their businesses And there will be opportunities for us to engage with each other and talk more about everything that we cover in the podcast episodes. So I absolutely want to hear about your experiences connecting with your content and bringing in that spiritual component as well. So next week, I am thrilled to share with you my interview with Jody Brandon. Jody is a gifted developmental editor and copy editor. And she was my right-hand woman while I was writing Act on Your Business. So I think you are going to love hearing from her. And so I hope you will join me back here next week for my interview with Jody Brandon. In the meantime, I wish you a wonderful week filled with spiritually connected content creation. And as you create something new, remember to let your inner wisdom lead the way. 